Hey, what's up everyone? It is Pastor Marcus here from the storychurchproject.com. Welcome to the Story Church Project podcast where our focus is how to redesign the local Adventist church to tell its story loud to a culture that is no longer listening. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear and that it inspires you to make a difference in your local church today. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Marcus here. I want to welcome you back to the Story Church podcast. Today's topic is three reasons why Jesus loves me is not enough. Now, that title might come as a bit of a surprise to you. I mean, since when is the love of Jesus not enough, right? Uh, And haven't I consistently written over what? The past five, six years, however long I've been blogging, that the love of God is the theme and song of all of Scripture. Have I suddenly changed my mind? Well, the answer is no. I have not changed my mind. I wholeheartedly believe that the foundation and point of all the scriptures to bring us face to face with the unending and life-transforming love of God. Jesus is the center and aim of every theme, prophecy, and doctrine. It's all about him, plain and simple. And I don't apologize for that. Like, I really fully, truly believe that. Um, But here's my point. In an increasingly secular and post-Christian society where emerging generations are exposed to worldviews, philosophies, and ideologies that impact the way they understand things like the nature of being, the meaning of, of, of life, and the destiny of the human story, you and I had better be able to say something more than Jesus loves me. Now, let me explain. Uh, a few months ago, I read this article, and I can't actually remember what it was called. It was on Relevant Magazine, but I cannot remember what it was called for the life of me, um, about a conversation between an atheist and a Christian. And in the conversation, the, it was clear, like, the atheist was really well-schooled, and he was a student of, of minds like Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins and Friedrich Nietzsche. Uh, and the Christian, um, they were both about university age. Uh, she was a member of a church where it appeared the only thing anyone ever really talked about was Jesus loves you. And as she sat face-to-face with these profound existential questions related to suffering, injustice, and ethics, She found herself unable to say anything beyond Jesus loves me. Like, she just kept going back to that. You know, like, this guy's asking some really tough questions, and she just keeps going back to, well, you know, I know Jesus loves me, and and that's really all she had. So the atheist walked away really underwhelmed by the exchange, and the girl walked away flustered by this plethora of questions that she was incapable of answering. Um, It was basically an interactional train wreck. So with that foundation in place, you probably get a little bit more of what I mean by uh, the title of the blog, Three Reasons Why Jesus Loves Me Is Not Enough. And so I just want to explain uh, those the three reasons that I have, actually, just go into them really quickly and explore them one by one. So the first one is that a Jesus theology, or, or pardon me, a Jesus loves me theology is weak. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, let me be really, really clear here in case people on the other side of the spectrum are starting to think that I've... Uh, uh, switched um, over to the dark side. Uh, I, I can't stand churches that are obsessed with doctrine, uh, particularly when doctrine is elevated above Jesus and relationships. Like, it just it irks me to no end. Um, but I have an equal aversion for churches that reject doctrine in the name of, hey, all that matters is Jesus, man. Uh, because both of these camps are fueled by people who, in my opinion, and look, I, I could be wrong here, but they, they appear to be fueled by people who clearly have no intimate contact with contemporary society 
So if you're obsessed with doctrine, for example, with rules and regulations and with these unbending theological formulas, then honestly, I invite you to hang out with some real people outside of your echo chamber. And I guarantee the stuff that you think is so clear and important is going to fall apart really quick. Um, but on the same note, like if you're one of these, hey, look, just focus on Jesus' love, uh, then I invite you to do the same because... I mean, look, try explaining to an atheist the dichotomy between the love of God and the injustice of the historical and modern church without resorting to cheesy one-liners, right? You can't do that if your entire theology is just, hey, Jesus loves me, this I know, and that's pretty much as far as I go, right? Um, explore the nature of being with the postmodern, right? Questions of origin, destiny, and identity with, with an agnostic. See how far this shallow, all that matters is Jesus love uh, theology. See, see how far it gets you. When you look into the eye of a self-proclaimed metamodernist who wants to understand the logic of your faith, but rejects these popular Christian taglines of the day, um, as reductionist and idealist foundations that function more as escapism than as robust ideas capable of speaking life into society's crushing problems. Like this is what we're actually dealing with. And, and I guarantee you, your forget doctrine, Jesus love is all that matters formula won't be able to handle the pressure. So reason number one that the that a Jesus loves me theology is simply uh, is is um, is not enough is that it's simply too weak to interact with the complexity and agony of the human experience and and the mountain of ideas that are trying to make sense of that right it's too too weak to interact with it so let me go to point number two now um, because I think point number two is going to clarify a lot as well in case you're still freaking out about the title of my blog um, number two a Jesus love uh, a Jesus loves me theology. Sorry about that. Um, it misses the love of God. Okay, so here, like, I'm actually getting to the to the to the you know like sort of the core. Um, the love of God is the central theme of all Scripture. But here's the thing: that theme isn't revealed in romanticized poetry. It's revealed through profound metaphors, through archetypes and narrative arcs that we call doctrine. Right? That's basically what they are. Uh, so while the central team theme remains the love of God, the doctrines enable us to explore that love in technicolor. So a doctrinal system that overlooks God's love totally misses this. But a doctrinal or, or a focus rather on God's love that rejects doctrine is doomed to forever remain shallow. And consequently, it misses the very thing it claims to celebrate, which is the love of God. Right. Um, and so I could give like tons of examples for that, but I'm going to go ahead and, and move to point three because I'm pretty sure, you know, you guys are smart. I'm pretty sure if you think about it, you can, you know, different doctrines and how they help us understand the love of God. You, you can you can see how ignoring those and just parroting, you know, Jesus loves me all the time um, will lose something really meaningful there. Uh, so I'm going to go to point number three. Um, a Jesus love me theology. Another, point number three, why it's not enough is that it is corny. I mean, bottom line, like it's really corny. So Again, doctrinal systems that ignore the love of God tend to be really self-focused, all right? So, like, I'm not advocating, you know, this sort of return to this traditional conservative, um, you know, like, obsession with doctrine, because that's not my jam. Um, those systems tend to be really self-focused. So, so churches in this mindset are all about right teaching, uh, but very often, ironically, ignore right action. So the end result is churches that will rush to condemn someone who steps out of their theological box, you know, what they deem orthodoxy, but ironically remain silent in the face of issues like discrimination against women, racism, and the systemic suffering of the poor and marginalized in their communities. And, you know, for me, it's like, no, thank you. Uh, but a reductionist, Jesus loves me and that's all that matters worldview is just as incapable of fueling individual and social transformation. 
And so as a result, what we end up is we end up with churches filled with young people whose theology doesn't go much further than the latest Jesus Loves Me worship song. And this isn't only a um, a denial of discipleship in which Jesus instruct, instructs us to, to teach everything, you know, as in, as in everything. Um, but it's a recipe for a corny faith that is incapable of sustaining our youth as they grow and encounter challenges, disappointments, and attacks against their faith. Um, and so in light of this, I'm actually like not very surprised if you look at the Barna Research reports, um, and I've got it um, footnoted on, on the blog version. So if you're listening to the podcast, just, you know, go to the blog, thestorychurchproject.com slash blog, click on three reasons why Jesus loved me is not enough, and you'll, you'll get the link there. Um, but there's a Barna Research where they found that, you know, one of the reasons why young people leave church is that teens and 20-somethings, that's what they call them, teens and 20-somethings in this research, uh, their experience of Christianity is shallow, right? And so, um, look, I'm not, Again, I'm not into this whole like you know obsession with doctrine, um, but the shallow thing is is not really a good solution. So then, what is uh, so what what solution is there? Rather, that's the question I was aiming for. What solution is there? Uh, so let me just propose two things. First, we need to develop a simpler, more relevant understanding of our own faith that is likewise profound. So I'm all about simplicity, but also depth at the same time. You can have the two of them at the same time. But it's it's what um, uh, Andy Stanley refers to as deep and wide, right? Um, so this can only be accomplished by revisiting our theological narrative with the goal of re-experiencing it and contextualizing its depth and beauty to the questions and needs of modern generations. Uh, and that's a task, right? That's a task that I challenge everyone to, to invest themselves into. And second, our churches need to develop discipleship strategies where our members, youth, and guests can grow deeper in their experience with God in a step-by-step -step fashion that includes theology, but also service and missional living, because those things are really important, right? It's not just about right thinking um, or right belief. It's about right doing, right, right action. Um, so to help with this journey, I'm just going to plug in a few things here, so I hope you don't mind. Uh, to help with this journey, I've actually got three books at thestorychurchproject.com, and I recommend that you check all three of them out. Right, The first one is free. It's called How to Study the Bible with Postmoderns. If you have not subscribed to the newsletter, um, you go to storychurchproject.com slash start, um, and you can subscribe for free and get the ebook in your email like right away. Um, and this ebook is going to give you insight into living missionally in our secular society, right? Like how to connect with and interact with uh, with postmoderns, uh, and it's it's brilliant. It's gotten like some really really good feedback from people who have read it. You can see some quotes on the website as well. Um, but look, it's free. Check it out because you know I'm talking about the the problem here about you know sort of like this cheesy approach to theology. But I also want to offer some solutions, and so this is one of the solutions that I offer. Is this free ebook that I wrote. Um, and the other two are also ebooks. Now they're not free; they're in the store. But the first one is called "Weird Evolution: Adventism for a Post-Church Generation." Now this book explores Adventist theology in depth, but also in simple language. And the objective is to help you redesign your personal faith and also your church's culture from either this doctrine-obsessed or non-doctrine-focused to a truly Jesus-centered expression of faith that has explanatory and applicatory power in a post-church culture. And we need that. Uh, and the third is titled The Whole in Adventism, Making Total Sense of the Old and New Covenant. And so this book also explores Adventist theology in depth with a focus on Jesus and how the tension between the Old and New Covenant can bring our churches a renewed passion for the story we've been called to tell the world. And so if you're sitting here and you're thinking, hey, look, you know, I don't want a doctrine, a doctrinal system that's totally, you know, like doctrine obsessed and misses Jesus. But I also don't want a shallow Jesus uh, or, or a shallow, you know, like just think, just talk about Jesus love. Um, and that doesn't actually provide any real meaning and answers to um, the, the things we're facing today. Uh, and, you, and you're saying, look, I don't want either of those, but I'd love something sort of in the middle ground. I think you'll really like those three books, so check them out. But here's the thing, regardless of whether any of the of those resources work for you or not, my invitation is this. 
Uh, don't settle for a cheesy expression of faith when there is so much beauty we can rediscover and offer to our broken culture. Search for that beauty. Equip your young people to search for that beauty as well. And let's work together to bring Christ to a culture increasingly isolated from the profound story of his love. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed Three Reasons Why Jesus Loved Me Is Not Enough. If you did enjoy it, please leave a comment, subscribe to the podcast, and I look forward to hanging out with you next week. Take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's latest episode of the Story Church Project Podcast. I hope you were blessed. If you haven't yet had a chance, I want to invite you to head over to the storychurchproject.com and subscribe to the newsletter. Not only will you get the latest updates every week, but I'm also going to send you a free gift straight to your inbox. You don't want to miss it. I'll catch you on the next one.